welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has worked at the Department of Justice for 30 years, but it's only in the last two years that his name has become a household word as he took the helm of the Mueller investigation. Now there's speculation swirling around Rosenstein again. First, because Attorney General William Barr told the public as Rosenstein stood behind him, that Rosenstein helped him come to a conclusion that there was no case for obstruction on the Mueller report. Rod has been an invaluable partner, and I am grateful that he is willing to help me and has been able to see the special counsel's investigation through to its conclusion. Thanks, Rod. Now with reports from the Washington Post that Rosenstein reassured President Trump that, quote, I can land the plane when he was in danger of losing his job again. Joining me is former federal prosecutor Ellie Honig. Ellie, what do you make of the report on that conversation with Rosenstein and Trump? Well, I've had concerns about it from when it happened back in the fall, June. Um, Look, to me, it smacked of a loyalty test. If you remember, there was reporting that came out in the New York Times that Rosenstein had considered wearing a wire against Trump and had invoked the 25th Amendment. Now, it's not clear how serious it was or whether that actually happened, but it was reported. And then Trump essentially summoned Rod Rosenstein into the White House, then he canceled on him, but then he ended up having Rod Rosenstein come with him on Air Force One, which Rosenstein, I think in an error of judgment, agreed to do. Uh, A prosecutor, especially a high-ranking uh, officer at DOJ should never be meeting one-on-one with the president of the United States, particularly if they're going to be discussing specific cases. Now, we don't know if Rosenstein had, a, had an explicit conversation with Trump, but we do know that when that flight was over, Trump sort of told everybody, we're okay. The quote from, from Trump was that, that Rosenstein, quote, said he has a lot of respect for me and he was very nice and we'll see. Um, so, and then in the next breath, Trump said, no collusion, no obstruction. Etc. So the, the implication there is that Rosenstein gets to keep his job because I like him and he said nice things about me. And I think that's a huge problem for the, the number two person at the Department of Justice. What about the number one person, the AG and the president? What is their relationship? Where's the line that the AG can't cross? I think it ought to be the exact same as I just articulated. Now, at the time, the AG was Jeff Sessions, who had recused himself off of the Russia case. But, look, obviously an attorney general has to communicate with the president of the United States at times one-on-one about policy matters, security matters, uh, major priorities, that kind of thing. I think the line is specific cases that may relate to the president. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the president saying, hey, attorney general, you're doing this Uh, important investigation of, let's say, uh, a terrorist attack that happened on our soil or a major financial case. Uh, Can you update me confidentially? I don't have a problem with that. But when there's an ongoing criminal investigation that where the president himself and people close to him are subjects and targets, then any prosecutor, whether the attorney general, the deputy attorney general, or a U.S. attorney needs to tell the president, all due respect, I'm not comfortable discussing with that with you. It would compromise my independence. And if you want an example, I'll point you to my old boss, Preet Bharara, when he was the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, got a call from Donald Trump, uh, and Preet declined to, to, to return the call. And it may have been one of the reasons that 
president fired Preet Bharara, but Preet did the right thing, and he called uh, counsel at the Justice Department and said, hey, I got this call from the president. I don't know whether it's appropriate for me to return it, and that's the right way to handle a situation like this. Ellie, I've often wondered if the Democrats were not so anxious to have Rod Rosenstein guarding the Mueller investigation, whether they would have criticized him and asked for him to recuse himself because of his role in in writing the uh, first resignation of James Comey. It's a great question, and we got even that question became even more complicated with the release of the Mueller report. And I've not heard a good answer. Why did Rod Rosenstein not recuse himself right off the bat? He was a central player in the in the events that were being investigated, and that's a traditional conflict of interest. As you said, he authored that memo, which became the, as Mueller found it, pretextual justification for firing Comey. So. Rod Rosenstein becomes a key fact witness. And then we learned at other points in Mueller's report about other incidents where Rod Rosenstein, I'm not saying he was he did anything necessarily obstructive, but he was a witness to obstructive action, or he was mentioned as somebody through whom obstructive action should be taken. For example, the president ordered Don McGahn to have Rod Rosenstein fire Mueller. Now, McGahn did not follow through on that. But again, Rosenstein, if you're in the cast of characters, you should not be a prosecutor in the case. And Rosenstein has not given any sort of coherent explanation for how he uh, was not conflicted. I know he was vetted through DOJ's uh, ethics folks, but, but, I, but I don't see how they reached their conclusion. It, it, there are so many questions around so many of the people here, and especially if you read the Mueller report in full, you start to see, especially in the footnotes. The footnotes say a lot in that report. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ellie. That's former federal prosecutor Ellie Honig. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.